Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. is the call 10 stocks picked by you two expert guests all in the course of an hour it is the 25th of february a friday and i'm nadine blaney really good to be here with you and i am very pleased to welcome into studio for the first time in a very long time my two <laughs> guest hosts adam dawes from sean partners and June Beilu from Tribeca Investment Partners. Guys, it is so good to see you it's in great, studio. Isn't it? it absolutely is. We'll get a wide shot so we can actually see it. <laughs> um, boy, what a week it has been. Ooh, incredible. Uh, earnings, Ukraine, Russia, volatility. June Bay, are you nursing wounds right now? Uh, I wouldn't say nursing wounds. I think it does make it uh, quite exciting for you to be able to see some opportunities in some of those companies, right? I remember two months ago, I think we were all have to struggle to go high risk stock to get some return, mm. you know, risk reward. Uh, and uh, but now every you know quality company has been sold off so much, even though they have delivered you know really good results and things, and share price probably down 30, 40 percent. Um, you know, just seeing a lot of uh, opportunities in the market at the moment. So it's uh, certainly very exciting. But of course the war and you know all of that certainly presents uncertainties and things but look it will blow over mm -hmm. equity market always look past it very quickly mm. look this is where we as uh, advisors earn our stripes yeah i rang like all day yesterday was just talking to clients saying mm. don't panic mm -hmm. this is okay we're going to see this and using a couple of charts uh, to show how uh, markets are affected by historical wars and mm. showing them how they really shouldn't be getting out here. This is the wrong time to be panicking. Mm. But my real uncertainty, and to Jumbe's point, is, is if, if this goes for a week, I think the markets will be nice, it'll bounce and we'll be okay. Mm. If this drags on for a couple of weeks slash months, that mm. could then drag on un that uncertainty, mm. which means that it's going to be a little bit harder for us to sort of work our way through that. But at the moment, it's great. Some fantastic opportunities. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking at some good quality blue chips that have been belted. Mm -hmm. And even the tech stocks last night and the NASDAQ up. And I've been buying tech stocks the last week and just going, oh my goodness, oh, no, yeah. no oh, more, yeah. no okay. more. And then, then today it started to move. So well, that good. brings us nicely um, to what's coming up in the program. So I'm not going to get too far into earnings season with you both now because we will have the chance through some of these companies. Helios is on the list in the first half of the show. SG Fleet Group, Unity Group, Regis Resources, and Accent as well. And I think it's a nice lead into the stock of the day. And I picked this one, guys, because again, it really encapsulates the week, Tyro. So mm. if you recall, its shares tanked after it reported lower transaction value growth and higher costs. It was down 26% on the day so that was monday that was terrible for existing shareholders right but today 
it's one of the best performers being lifted as buyers come back into the tech space. It's up by seven and a half, roughly 8%. And even in the wake of that result, the brokers are mostly positive on the company. So, um, you know, outperforms, buy recommendations, price targets ranging between $2.68 and $4.70. Though it must be said, most of those price targets were cut off the back of the results. So the question is, where to from here? Junbei, I'll start with you. I mean, it, it really is a story of it, well, it just, it just paints a picture of what this week has been. Oh, absolutely. We I, Actually, I can name so many little businesses just like Tyro has been treated that way. And when it's the result was actually not too bad. So Tyro put a good result, uh, but of course the, the cost was a little bit higher than expected. Um, and uh, they do have, um, you know, price increase and, in, you know, all of these coming through. But of course, you know, most of their customers are cafes and restaurants and they're yet to be fully open. So that will take some time for that to come through. And it will. Um, so market disappointed on that. And and also because it's a week essentially uh, investors just sold all their unprofitable mm -hmm. tech any unprofitable mm -hmm. tech has been sold off meaningfully and if you didn't meet expectations investors don't even want to talk about it so at this point it represents great buying opportunity mm -hmm. look but do be mindful you don't want your whole portfolio to be representing you know those unprofitable tech uh, but this company does have very good market presence uh, it has a reopening uh, play to its um, you know its earnings um, and it's growing really fast at the moment so um, it will become profitable very very quickly um, and I think, you know, at this price point, it's um, very little, um, well, no, but there's no limited risk, but, you know, it's just um, you de-risk significantly mm -hmm. on that basis. So it's a buy. It's a buy. Would you be buying Tyro? Yeah, now? I'm going to go with, yeah, absolutely. I've always liked this story and the market's sort of struggled to get it has, its head around particularly it. recently. Yeah. And it had that big outage. The, you know, this time yeah. last year, which right. has never really recovered from. Yeah, mm. and and look, it's a fantastic business because it's just taking a clip every time you tap your card. It, mm. It's it's in between you, the card, and the bank. It's the processing of of that payment. And look, we're going to cashless society no matter what. Like mm. it's it's going to happen. So yeah, I really like it. I think it's a great business. The market has struggled with it. Obviously, down twenty six percent on on you know is 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 a fair big it's move. Huge. But I, I, I'm really comfortable, you know, going forward because of that just cutting every time you tap your card. It's just got that revenue going forward. So really comfortable with it. So, yeah, I'd stay with a buy as well. Mm. So that is the stock of the day, Tyro. It's a buy even as it sees it's recouping some of uh, this week's losses only at $1.59 at this stage of the game. Right. Let's get to it. I know many of you out there are chomping at the bit to hear what these guys have to say about the companies you're interested in. And first cab off the rank. Helios, HLS is the ticker code. This one is for Finn. I'm going to start with you, Jim Bay. This is a company that reported this week. Again, we can talk about COVID impacts mm, uh, and that's the like. Right. Yeah, that's right. Look, it's uh, um, uh, Helios is the one that uh, has been a huge beneficiary of COVID, the pandemic, because they do a lot of testing or the pathology. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, it's a key pathology division has generated a significant amount of earning from COVID testing. Um, however, um, so far, because now the testing has now been moved from, you know, the, actually you do it in the lab uh, to the rapid test. Yeah. Um, uh, on that basis, you're already seeing the volume coming off. Um, and next year, uh, the the main issue with Helios and the Sonic is the next year both of them will see that division earning four by fifty percent. You know, just very hard for market to digest. Um, you know that kind of earnings fall. We all know it's going to fall, but it's just very hard for the share price to go higher on that basis. Uh, Helios is probably the 
better one compared to the likes of Sonic. It's just because you know it's got a bit of cost out. It's got a bit of improvement, self improvement. So it will do a little bit better than Sonic. Um, uh, and potentially there's a bit more um, you know capital management coming through in the next 12 months or so. But it's just very hard to see um, you know share um, price going anywhere. Uh, I will put it as a hold um, just because it's defensive. You know uh, its core business still doing fine. Uh, it's just that the you know hard to see the share price rallying away. But it gives you you know pretty good dividend and returns. Yeah. So it's um it's just a bit uninteresting, I suppose, mm -hmm. for Jumbe in this market. You can get other opportunities yeah. elsewhere. Is that how you see it? Yeah. I, I mean, if I was going to go to this space, Sonic Healthcare would probably be my pick in this space. But then looking at it and understanding that pathology is definitely going to be lower than expected going forward, and combining that, the only thing that's really saving this business has a fantastic balance sheet. And you know that position, I think, is 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 essential when you've got half of your business or you know a, a, a portion of your business, uh, you know, looking down the barrel of sort of that sort of uh, lower uh, numbers. So for me, it is a hold as well. But I would pick Sonic Healthcare as one. Sonic has also come off fairly hard as well. So there is probably some support somewhere in there. Sonic pays a better dividend. So for clients in that healthcare space, that's probably something that they look forward to. But Helios has got a good balance sheet, um, so it's okay, but I still think there's more pain to come. Yeah, actually, just on that basis, I think the whole healthcare sector is looking very attractive at the moment. Mm. So aside from Helios and Sonic were the clear beneficiary of it, um, the, the, the likes of Cochlear or CSL, they actually only have been impacted by COVID-related lockdown and mm. things because elective surgery and you know other things and blood collection and things. So both of them are looking at significant growth um, you know, in, on top of the normal structural growth they have over the next 12 to 18 months. And the share price actually have been sold off significantly since January. Um, you know, Cochlear started had a bit of rebound. CSL had a really good result, a small rebound, but still way below what they were before. So, you know, I think actually think the healthcare sector represents a great um, buying opportunity relative to, to the tech because mm. they're the structural leader. Um, you know, when the bond yield sta stabilizes, that yeah. sector will outperform. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. And and Cochlear actually reported quite well. A really good result. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was a really good Same result. Same as CSL. So really good result. Well, obviously, minus the acquisition, yeah. it was an upgrade. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, the market sort of didn't see that. They sort mm. of it was. The, the headline numbers were a little bit skinny, but if you took out that acquisition, mm. it was definitely a beat. So yeah, yeah yes. I really like it. Yeah, they're both very good. I'm just in heaven having both of these people in the studio <laughs> today. Keep it going amongst yourselves. I'll just move us along All when right. we need to. Perfect. Um, All right. We'll get to SG Fleet. SGF is the ticker code, and this one is for John. Let's start with you for a change, Adam. Done. All right. So. Uh, obviously, this one, uh, well, cars, basically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been a thematic again of the pandemic. Yep. And financial highlights, they reported 16% net profit after tax, which was, I think, a decent beat uh, for this. And underlying EPS growth obviously continued uh, as well up to 23.5%. So really, really comfortable with it. Used vehicles, it still remains exceptionally strong. Now, we remember all of the... the talking heads on TV were talking about how last year it was all transitory. Yeah, this inflation's not going to happen and, and cars are going to get back to normal. They haven't. It's right? just transitory a bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So we're, we're transitory for a couple more months. Um, so yeah, so uh, secondhand cars looking very, very good. New car supply, obviously order pipelines continues to be slow. Uh, and and that's, that's, I guess, going forward as well. Look, I think this is a buy. It's very undemanding where it is at the moment. 
I think it beat most people's forecast by about 10%. I would say buyer beware, it is very, very thinly traded. So be really cautious on this one. I think I looked at the, at the bid and offer. There's literally one bid and three sellers. So it would, you know, it, it's a little bit scary because of that uh, low liquidity. But I think if you understand the business and understand the car market, I think we're gonna be in for another year of these higher prices and that's just gonna to translate to better share prices. So I'm comfortable with this one. Would you go as far as a buy? I know that Macquarie hasn't outperformed, Morgan Stanley hasn't overweight, but I think that point about liquidity is pretty good as well. Yeah, uh, look, um, I think it's a buy. It's cheap enough. Uh, it's not 11 times earnings. It's you know really cheap. And then it gives a good dividend yield, 6%. Um, earning actually has been tough because of mm. the cars and things. So mm. that just means the growth for the next few years looks pretty good. Do be mindful, this sector never trades on a huge premium to the market because there's regulatory risk right so if the government came out and said you know salary yep. packaging you know cars One stroke and things, of the pen, it's gone it you know so and this was discussed maybe 10 years ago yep. five ten years ago no, Shakespeare yeah and it's gone yeah that's right yeah, yeah. we all remember that one <laughs> yeah that's right so but uh, but you know th that's why they never trade more than 15 times so 11 times is pretty cheap at the moment okay that's a buy mm. that's going mm. in the portfolio as well in fact I'll detail the portfolio in just a moment but it's not going immediately into the portfolio these guys are acting as the first filter essentially so if it gets too buy it will be put in front of our investment committee. More on that Which later. Which Jimbo's on? Uh, You're no. Not, okay, <laughs> all right then. We'll cut that out. All right, <laughs> let's go to the next one on the list, Unity Group for Raymond. Now he says, he's giving a bit of context because of course this did report this week as well. He says, it seems to have a solid business model. Share price has come down. Is it time to buy or are there more falls to come? Now, it's a really interesting company it has done so well mm. since listing it's an infrastructure play in most mm. people's eyes and the company's been very transparent in terms of a lot of the disclosure saying that there have been uh, people sniffing around groups sniffing around mm. um, what was disappointing about this result or was it again a, a function of the timing and the place that we're at in markets yeah, look, um, uh, I think the result was pretty good. Um, it just happened to be um, during that this week of sell-off of, of all the expensive companies, to be honest. Um, and uh, and I think this is definitely a stock to buy on any pullback and at the moment represent a really good buying opportunity. Um, it is very defensive. Um, it generates, you know, good growth and um, Potentially, you know, in further down the track, you'll get bought out um, by private equity. Um, but that's, you know, we don't know, can't invest based on that thesis, but um, it, it looks pretty good. It's a buy. And, and would it have been a buy before this week, before the share price? Look, I think this is just something you, for especially for a portfolio, you want a bit of, um, you know, on the small cap tilt. Um, mm -hmm. It represents a very good, um, you know, bottom draw type of stock. Um, gives you good growth, um, you know, very defensive infrastructure-like type of earnings. Um, it just ticks a lot of boxes. And with that type of stock, you know, you're always like, when do you buy? Because, you know, they just progressively move higher. Um, so whenever there's a pullback coming through, it's represent a really good buying opportunity. Uh, it's a bit like, you know, how Next DC is treated in that similar mm. bucket in the large cap space. They reported well. Yeah, they, they reported really well. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Unity Group? Uh, I'm not so much on the train of the buyer. I'm going to stay uh, a hold for this one only because they really didn't um, come out to the market and say they're going to beat guidance. They basically said they're on track. And I think, you know, for these kind of companies that you want to see that... Um, them to really sort of go out and say, look, yeah, we're going to beat earnings. And, 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 and I think the market would have then attributed uh, to get some more buying into the share price. Notwithstanding that, obviously, COVID, inst 
COVID construction impact was certainly there for this business and um, obviously recurring revenue was down, was well good as well. CapEx has obviously increased by about 22%, so I was a little bit concerned about sort of more money going in. But overall, it's a, it's a good little business. But yeah, I, I, I you know, there's look at that chart, you sort of see that around that $3.30 looks like a bit of support, but I'd like to see it trade a little bit sideways, yeah, to get uh, form a base before I would do it. So I'd be a hold on this one. But if, I mean, you didn't like that it didn't beat on guidance, but yeah. would you rather have a company, and this comes up a lot in reporting season, I'll ask the same question of you in a moment, June Bay, would you rather have a company that's a bit conservative, that maybe under promises to then over deliver? Yeah, I mean, like Macquarie does a classic example of that. They always under uh, promise, but then over deliver when they comes to the actual result. I, I think with these smaller companies, you know, it, it, it isn't the size of Macquarie, but um, some of these smaller companies, I think, they, you know, I would really like them to come out and say, we're going to beat guidance. We're, we're, we're ahead of uh, our, our forecasts. And I think that makes the market sit up a little bit. Just saying that we're going to, uh, on track to achieve EBITDA, I just sort of feel that, um, there's not much zing in the company. So yeah, that's why I'd be a hold. He likes a little bit of power, Jim Bay, <laughs> in, uh, in his statements. Long-term, focus on long-term. Long -term, um, right. So yeah, so that it's always a challenge for um, the company management to keep the uh, analyst expectations down. At the same time, trying to give, you know, um, you know, some sort of guidance on what's mm. happening uh, so far and a little bit of positivity. So, you know, if a company always beat guidance, the analysts naturally will go above their guidance. So I think, you know, this group, uh, this management, they, they manage it quite well. Um, and then over the year, or, you know, over the tra uh, reporting period, then they will start, you know, getting those upgrades coming through. Um, and if they consistently do that, it does provide a lot of comfort mm. to investors knowing at least he won't miss that guidance, yeah. right? So, which is Agreed. very important. Yeah. 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 Unity Group. So it is a buy from Jumbe, it's a hold from Adam Dawes. Let's get to Regis Resources, RRL. Uh, it again reported, this is for Helen. Hi, Helen. And just keep in mind, everyone out there, that this is information only. This is not financial advice, and it's not tailored to your own personal situation. So there you go. Um, but gold is such an interesting area of the market right now, considering the macroeconomic okay. yeah. and geopolitical backdrop. But you've got to choose wisely in this space. Is Regis one for you? Uh, no, um, I will stick to the big boys, um, so the likes of um, uh, Northern Star. Um, and um, it, you know, it's just like you said, uh, gold is a tricky place. Um, and then, you know, all these businesses' share price will move with the gold price. Uh, and right now, it's very high at the moment because of the uh, uncertainty. Um, but if once market move on from that current, you know, geopolitical issue, mm. um, you know, the gold will be sold off because inflation is picking up, growth is picking up. Generally, gold don't sit very well in that basket. So, you know, just be mindful of that. But within the um, the group, we like the larger na names such as Northern Star. But do you think, June Bay, now is the time to have some gold in the portfolio? Is Does gold have to be in a portfolio? Uh, well, I think it's um, as part of a portfolio construction, people tend to have either gold or, you know, the likes of bonds or, you know, fixed income mm -hmm. in that because it's defensive. Now, the gold has lost a bit of its luster over the last few years. Oh, probably last 12 months yeah. with the rise of cryptocurrency. Absolutely. Um, you know, so the Bitcoin has become the new gold, uh, but obviously Bitcoin has represented a significant amount of uh, volatility. <laughs> you know, I think something like three times the volatility of share market. You think share market is volatile, that's three times more. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's very volatile. So I think gold will take its, will have its place in the portfolio, um, but it's not something, you know, it's not easy to call where the gold price is 
is going. To, people yeah. tend to draw straight lines, whether it's up or down. Um, at this point, you certainly feel it has a big spike, and you know it's harder to see where it's you know after yeah, that spike. Especially yeah. because we've got rising interest rates and everything mm. else. Now, Adam. So with the backdrop of rising yeah. interest rates and higher inflation, traditionally gold has been the hedge mm -hmm. against all of that, right? So why hasn't the gold price moved, or why hasn't that happened? I mean, that's that's the issue uh, with that. I generally, in my portfolio construction, yes, 5% of clients' portfolio goes in gold, but it's not in the individual gold stocks, it's in the ETF, G-O-L-D, right? Because with all of these stocks, you've basically got a lot of risk that management can't make it work, there's all this other stuff, whereas the commodity is the commodity and that is moving with uh, the overall commodity price. So uh, for me, yes, I need to have some gold in the portfolio. I prefer Northern Star, absolutely is the normal one pick and then Newcrest for, for other people. Regis is a really interesting business because Regis is one of those businesses that um, has a lot, of, uh, a lot of dirt to get a small amount of gold. Okay, so it's not a porphyry, but it is in that area where they need to move lots of dirt to get it. So all they're all in sustaining costs, which isn't too bad, but it is a little bit high, is around $1,500 an ounce. Now that's in Aussie dollars. I think the Aussie gold price is 2,800, something like that at the moment. So look, they're still making, let's say a thousand to uh, $1,300 an ounce, and they're, uh, they're expected on a forecast of around 420 to 475,000 ounces of gold. So do the math, it looks pretty good. However, having to move a lot of that dirt does cost them a lot of money and they, and they didn't declare a dividend. Yeah. So yeah. it's got to believe, I think that you've got to make sure that you've got to pick the right gold stock in that sector. This one for me is not, so it would be a, a no. It's a me. no. So it's an avoid um, and that chart didn't look crash hot either. Yeah. All right, let's get into a company that uh, again may tell a story because of course it's in the retail space. We know what's been happening with retail. Uh, this is Accent Group and uh, AX1 and this is for Helen. I don't know if it's the same Helen. If so, lucky days for you, Helen. But Accent Group, it's, um, it's got a lot of uh, shoe yep. retailers athlete's in it. Athlete's foot. Yeah, yep. athlete's foot. And, for me, it wasn't one of those companies that necessarily was, you know, like a Kogan or mm. an Adairs mm, through the pandemic. Mm. So do we treat Accent a little bit differently in terms of talking about the cycling of those pandemic comps, Jimbe? Yeah, absolutely. Because with shoes, normally you do have to have the store open. Yep. Um, you know, people try them out and mm. all of that. So because the store was shut for quite a long period of time, so they their earning absolutely has been hurt by that. Um, I think with the reopening, this stock will do better. Um, and um, the recent report, you know, looks okay. I think uh, uh, in terms of trading result, um, like for like, I think you know, the, um, in the first four weeks um, has improved significantly from down 20% in the first mm. half. So, you know, it's, it's, it's getting better. Mm -hmm. It's a reopening stock. It's not that expensive. It's 14 times 23. Um, you know, we do have to look into next year because earnings are yet to fully recover. Um, you know, I, I think it, it looks cheap enough um, to, for a retailer to, to do well. And it's a, you know, very reputable brand and things. So yeah. um, I will put a buy on this one. Buy and they're also looking to open another twenty stores, so increasing the footprint. I had to do that. Well, you stole all my <laughs> all my data. <laughs> yeah. you know, I got I got nothing. But look, yeah, still rollout is key for yeah. retail, yeah, and you have to keep keeping that footprint going. And they just bought Glue last year, yeah. which is a big sneaker brand, and and those kinds of things. So, I think that that it is good. And Jumbo is 
picked it out absolutely correctly. They did miss a little bit on that net profit. It was down about 6%. So it was a bit softer uh, going forward. Store rollout's definitely going to happen. But, you know, I, I, I looked at this um, when I was getting the kids school shoes, right? So we went to Athletes Foot because you don't go to Clark's because it's really horrible for their feet. But now Athletes Foot have got these fantastic shoes that look like school shoes, but they're sneakers. And the place was packed. It was just people yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I hate school shopping. Back to school shopping. It was leaving. You've got to go there a bit earlier. Well, see, yeah, I'm just not that organised, all right? You might be. So, yeah. So I was looking at going. Wow, this is amazing. Like the, 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 the you know, they must be killing it. So I think you know, looking at you know, and schools only for that sort of January, you know, mm. then and then it sort of rolls mm. off. But for me, um, apparel is tough. Uh, reopening trade, I agree, but I'm going to stay with a hold on this one. I don't think it is really um, demanding enough, and I think with the, with the miss on the net uh, on the NPAT, I think uh, we would be yeah, it'd be a little bit hard for me to go on and step into this one just at the moment. Cautious. Okay. Was there any retailer that we've heard from already that you thought? La Visa. La Visa oh, yesterday. I was going to say that. Killed it. That will be the best uh, reopening it. trade. It's more expensive, but yeah. it's got a huge global footprint. Yeah. Um, and it's not only it's the reopening of the store, it's actually because people stop buying the events that's going to pick up. Yeah. And events going to be you know on <laughs> constantly uh, once the world reopens, right? So that's I a think bonus that's pick. Best. That's, that's a bonus, bonus buy from the both. Other, by both of us. The other one that was a little bit disappointing was City Chic. That was really treated harshly yesterday as well. And it did very well through the pandemic. Was it a buildup in inventories that people didn't like? I yeah. didn't really see. I, I didn't think that's go, a big I didn't one. See. Yeah, that's a big buildup in inventory. People said, oh, but, you know, most of the retailers are building inventory because mm -hmm. they don't know how far, you know, they want to yeah. be able to supply demand. Um, I think that stock is a very expensive stock. So okay. it tends to trade up more expensive. Um, I think it's probably similar to Levisa, I think, in terms of multiple. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it has big expectations. So when you miss a little bit, so people sort of sell mm -hmm. it off. Um, mm -hmm. And it has perform quite well like uh, before great. the yeah so um, I think that's a really good company um, it's in that niche actually it's not niche anymore it's becoming mainstream <laughs> yeah yeah, Pretty yeah, much. yeah every brand now has this plus size type of um, well, maybe know. that's why there's a bit of a miss because they when they first came out they were the own well one of the only plus mm. size and then now every brand's got well, and they've done acquisitions. They've bought, um, you know, in the in the in UK, the US, yeah, also yeah. in the US. So one that uh, one that we'll be watching. But Levisa would be the the bonus buy in the retail space. <laughs> Definitely. Oh well, this is fun, and we're already halfway. So let me just take you through the first five stocks and the stock of the day, which was Tyro. It's a buy. There's value in Tyro now. But besides that, both of my guests do believe that it's a good business and that it offers a reopening trade as well. So great buying opportunity in June Bay's words when it comes to Tyro. Helios for Finn. Uh, look, they think it's a good business. It's obviously done well through the pandemic, but it's what comes next. So pathology will likely retreat. And June Bay just questions whether you're going to see the share price rally. She doesn't think that it will. So it's got a place. It's a defensive stock. It's a hold from both of my guests. But um, look, Adam likes Sonic better. And June Bay was pretty impressed with Cochlear and CSL and their results and also the pullback that we've seen in the share price as well. SG Fleet, it's a buy from both of my guests. June Bay says it's cheap. It's got a dividend yield. Uh, Adam just cautions that it's a bit illiquid, so very thinly traded. Be careful of that. Unity Group, it's a buy for June Bay because it's a good company. It's got good growth coming. 
Uh, Adam was not as impressed. He says that he likes these companies to beat their guidance. Junbei says you might see upgrades through the year. Regis Resources, it's a no from both of my guests. They would both prefer to be in Northern Star, so stick with the big players if you have gold in your portfolio. And Accent Group, it is a buy from Junbei because it's not expensive, it's not challenging, it's reopening, it's increasing its store footprint, should go well from here. It's a hold from Adam again. He was disappointed with that NPAT disappointment, but both would buy Levisa, even after yesterday's share price gain. So there you go. I uh, got a bit excited around the chat, sir, about Levisa. Okay, so you know that we've been tracking a portfolio since July 1st of last year. Let's see how we've been going. Over the week, down by 5.3%, month 5.8, year to date. So from July 1st, 2021, we're about two and a half percent higher. But since its inception, which was July 1st, 2020, we're up by 31 and a half, let's call it that, percent. So I alluded to the new portfolio. I'm sure you've heard David Kosh, Koshy speaking of it as well. So we are going to be essentially running it like a live fund. So very uh, small basket of stocks, uh, high conviction. And so only about 10, 10 or 11 will be in there. We will still use our requests um, coming from you and of course our guests on the day if they give it a buy, hold, sell. And that's essentially going to be the first filter. And those companies will go before an investment committee. That committee will meet monthly. They will then decide whether to add or remove stocks from the fund in favor of the ones that have passed the filter um, determined on the day. And uh, they can also include changing weightings, perhaps they could include keeping a component of cash in there. It's all gonna be a bit of interest, a bit of um, insight into how the experts really think about portfolio construction. So every month we'll have an extra edition of the call. We'll take you inside the investment committee's meeting so you'll see how the fund is tweaked, what they talk about, what's front of mind, and we might bring in CEOs if we see fit. Um, look, it's going to be really instructive. So in the meantime, keep sending your requests. We obviously are going to keep doing the show and we will unveil the initial fund next week. Looking forward to that. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second to none trading tools. Plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Let's get back to the next five stocks. So we will be talking about PEXA, Pilbara Minerals, Jumbo Interactive, Stockland, and Worley. If these are any of your picks, that's what's coming up. Let's start with PEXA Group. This is for Reese. PXA is the ticker code reported yesterday. The interview with the CEO is up on the website now if you'd like to take a listen. Um, but guys, do we need to talk a lot about PEXA? Because of course, end of an era, really. It's not gonna be listed for much longer. Really? Yeah, really? Really? Oh, okay. That's Link. Link. Yeah, oh, about Link. 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 Right. I'm sorry, Pexa. That was but. the day before we spoke with Pexa. <laughs> it's been a big week. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Pexa, property, go. But yes. Save me. Actually, I was just thinking, why, since you said <laughs> the Link, I was just actually thinking, there's speculation that yes. the reason the, the bidder for Link, yeah. well, that bidder, um, potential, they actually have a very similar business to 
um, actual Pexa. Pexa. So there was speculation whether they actually just want to get the reason they're buying Link is because they want to get the, get their hands on the stake. Competition. That well, they want to get the the stake in yeah. Pexa. Right. So in turn, it's actually you know f potential bidder for Pexa right. in, in the future. So that's just speculation. I love the Jubei. She's very kind to me today. <laughs> <laughs> potential. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you be investing in Pexa given all that background and uh, yeah, knowing what's going on in in the market here and overseas? Yeah, that, it's a Pexa is a buy. Um, it's significant opportunity in the overseas market to replicate Australian business. It's pretty mature in Australia, but mm -hmm. obviously housing is going through a really good cycle, you know, so again, listings up, volume and stuff going up. Um, but it's pretty mature. It's really you're buying for the future. And UK, they've completed quite a few. Um, UK um, uh, uh, is going through its early stage of digitization of its property um, mm -hmm. registrations things. And, you know, like Australia many, many years ago. And that market is, is, is going to be enormous. Mm -hmm. And uh, Link, uh, well, and Pexa has already done quite a few testings and then they got a couple of uh, uh, guys already signed up uh, to start in six months or so um, and that market is going to be enormous and then they can go to other markets and the like so I think you know that's absolutely a buy. Yeah it ticks all the boxes as mm. well because 38% beat on EBITDA, 45% <laughs> beat on net profit after tax so yes that is absolutely what you want to see out of a company beating guidance and then coming to the market so yeah absolutely it's a buy from me. Jumbe is exactly right. The UK momentum is going to be the key driver or the value driver going forward. The Australian market is skewed to the upside of the second half of this year, so we've just got to be a little bit mindful of that. But overall, guidance appears to be conservative, but then they've come out and beat uh, this year as well. So really, really comfortable uh, with that one. It's a buy from mm -hmm. me. And, and we're going to be seeing these volumes coming through in terms of listings, yeah. and that's just good for the business. Oh, absolutely. And obviously, housing market, you've got to be a little bit cautious of it. We are a mature market, but then, you know, um, it's the UK, but then it could be the US. And then, it, you know, there's a huge computer share. You know, it's gone yeah. through and just changed the way people do business. And I think PEX is going to can do that as well. So you might not know, but is there anything like this being used in the US? Oh, I think oh, there right. is a few, yeah. but it's very fragmented. And then they're still very early on, like in terms of the journey. Um, right. I don't think they have mandated digitization like mm. what UK is going through at the moment, because the easiest is government say, look, you have to digitize mm. everything. Mm. Um, and then, you know, and then it goes through. Um, US doesn't have anything mm -hmm. like it. Yes. All right. So that is a one to watch. And for international expansion as well, it's a buy. We are on a roll. Pilbara Minerals, PLS for Patrick. Hi, Patrick. And uh, we had the report coming through this week. Everything going so well in terms of the lithium price. They're digging yeah. it up. They're yeah. sending it overseas. Um, the MD is stepping down, Ken yes. Brinston. We're actually speaking with him later today if anybody's interested. Uh, is Pilbara a buy or have the good gains been made? I'm actually just wondering what is he going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really want to ask, you can ask him why. He's, he said basically end of 2022. So he's he's not just gone. Yeah. Gone. He's actually he's been there for I think six years. Seven years. So yeah. Okay. So absolutely, well probably by seven years by the end of yeah, this yeah. year. So I think it's he's right to be able to say, look, I'm I'm moving on. But you know, you've got a, a fantastic business. The stock price has done really really well. It's mm. in a fantastic sector, forward facing commodity. I mean, look at that why chart. It's just, it's just, yeah. So why are you going? Like, what is the real reason? Now, he could say family reasons, health reasons, which mm. is what they usually say. But I think you need to really sort of deep dive because I always do get worried when you've got these large companies when a CEO or CFO just sort of decides to leave. Mm. Um, there's probably something that's underneath the surface that we mm. just don't know about. Well, a little bit cautious. Yeah. So, 
What is that like for mining companies, June Bay? Because one would presume that, you know, they're digging it up, they're shipping it out. Pretty easy. They're signing off take agreements. I mean, is there sort of key person risk with some of these miners? Uh, look, uh, they, you know, if they found the business, then they tend to know, um, you know, how hard it is to dig it out. I think that's a challenge. Yeah. And for PLS recently, they have had a quite a few production downgrades. Yes. Um, you know, and the result is actually really disappointing because they just downgraded a month ago. Mm. Now they came out with another downgrade and then now the CEO said he's going. So it certainly smells, you know, it feels yeah. like something's not right. Um, but look, you know, the, the, these things that they, they're not really mining just in, in Australia or anything, so which is lower risk, they're mm -hmm. mining around the world. So it's, uh, it's much higher risk. So, you know, you will have those um, production issues a bit like mineral resources had a couple of production issues mm. uh, and they I do think they have a good asset uh, with the CEO going away I do think this business eventually get taken out um, I think you know lithium is a place where you do want to buy those miners on a pullback um, share yeah. price done really well but more recently pulled back quite significantly mm. um, I think you know you do want to buy one of them whether it's IGO whether it's this one or um, the Oracle corporate um, yep. the other one Galaxy so yeah, 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 so yeah. you, you yeah. got to buy yeah one of them IGO is the most lowest risk one and it's probably the best asset and, and the okay. like um, but the challenge is they're bidding for something else um, so they all have their problems but IGO is probably more defensive play in that space um, and um, and PLS is a high-risk play uh, for you to get exposure to um, you know to the lithium prices it, it, it's the sort of the cockroach theory you know you <laughs> see one cockroach in the kitchen you know there's plenty of other ones that you can't see and I think that's sort of where we are with the CEO departure <laughs> It does overshadow their earnings because their earnings, were, it was a miss, weaker on higher expiration costs and finance costs, which meant the market has to trim their guidance and trim the expectation of it. So, yeah, uh, look, um, what did you say? Did you say it was a buy or a hold? Mm -hmm. You don't think we've said anything, have uh, Look, we? it's a, a speculative buy. Uh, okay, yeah. specky, but you'd still prefer IGO. <laughs> so Adam has based his recommendation Yeah, well, uh, no, no, not at all. Um, no, um, I, I prefer IGO as well because Western uh, WSA yeah. is going to be all folded in and that's yeah. going to be a fantastic business, nickel, uh, lithium, yeah, that kind of stuff. So IGO is definitely... Um, I'd like to see this share... I think this share price is going to go lower. I think, I think that, you know, we will potentially get something... Potentially, if you could get something sub... A dollar something something around there maybe you know sort of high low twos I think that's probably where this one and this one on the charts had a fantastic run I think it needs to find some support that's when I'd be doing it so I'm taking a hold on that one he went his own way anyway imitation is the finest form of well uh, absolutely I'm, a, I'm amongst some anyway I'll leave it alone yeah next one I, I, I do want to make a comment about yep. the cockroach when I see a cockroach in the kitchen I assume it did come from outside yeah. I don't think it's just in front of my kitchen there's a lot more oh underneath God. you just can't see them yeah? oh the size of cockroaches where I live it just really astounds me okay Jumbo Interactive is next on the list. J-I-N is the ticker code for Izzy. Look, Jumbo Interactive, um, what do you make of the business? It has also reported, I note that Morgan's has an ad, Morgan Stanley overweight, UBS is neutral. Um, where do you see the real potential for growth coming through here, June Bay, if at all? Look, um, it's, uh, they've done a really good job leveraging their reselling agreement for uh, Tapco and then they got offshore expansion opportunity. Um, I think uh, the, the problem with this company is, yeah, they have agreement rolling off um, mm. soon. I think that's uh, in one year or two years. So the earning, they do need to plug that earning hole and they do need to grow those offshore earnings. Um, and, you know, and I think the stock is probably just a little bit too expensive, um, you know, at the moment, it, you know, when it falls a little bit more uh, potentially to can be added to the portfolio. 
um, you know, I think relatively makes Tapcore looks very attractive, I must say. Um, you know, also give you that good exposure to lottery. Um, and also, and remember, you know, Tapcore's earnings being impacted, the, the wagering side being impacted by the COVID and things. So, you know, there's um, potential for earning to improve there. And Tapcore also is splitting out, um, you know, its businesses, um, you know, usually for that sort of demerger, you do see a lot of value to be added. So, you know, Tapcore is much, much more mm -hmm. attractive on that okay. basis. Yeah, so this one has obviously been a market darling for, for mm. many, many years and then sort of now sort of pulled back a little bit uh, with, with the sort of them changing the way they're doing their model from more of a SaaS model, uh, so which is software as a service and basically getting people to pay on a monthly basis instead of, um, you know, going for that sort of upfront fees and those kinds of things. So, look, I think this one looks okay to me. I mean, I really like the whole idea of, of um, you know, the, getting those managed services in there. And the upside scenario really assumes that there's growth in the retail, lottery and transactional value, which we expect, or the, the research that I'm looking at, they expect a 25% uh, year-on-year increase in those margins going forward. So that actually doesn't sound too bad. But uh, on saying that, if they do, if they don't see that uptake, then this this stock price could get around about thirteen dollars, and I think that's where you can see some really good support there. So for me, the scenario is base case that I think it's okay here at the moment, but uh, I'm a little bit confused about how the further re-rate is going to happen. So I'm just going to stay on the fence on this one and say it's a hold. Hold for Jumbo Interactive, and um, just makes me think of the power. Powerball last night. I yes. suppose none of I us won. Win. If no, we're all I here, win. oh, that's right. I missed it. There were two <laughs> winners of I think sixty million apiece. Yeah. Uh, one in Kalgoorlie and one I think in Coffs Harbour. Oh, really? oh, wow. The story is he's going to buy himself a red sports car. Good Maybe he'll buy a few. I don't Good know. Uh, but yeah, lucky, lucky duck. All right, that already brings us to number nine on the list, which is Stockland. Again, Stockland did report this week. SGP. This is for uh, Xanthia. And so uh, perhaps we can start just by talking about the company itself, uh, its result, how you thought it fared, given everything that we hear about property and cognizant of the fact that it operates you know, in many different areas of the property mm. market. Yeah, look, um, Stockland uh, had a good result. Um, I think what's uh, what's pleasing in the result was they managed to sell some retirement assets um, at book value. And, you know, we all know a lot of those property um, trust companies have been trading at a discount to its book value um, because markets skepticism uh, of, um, you know, whether they're really worth that much. Um, so the fact they can sell at book, va at book value meant that portfolio actually looks pretty good. Um, and uh, look, the thing with Stockland is that, um, you know, it's, it's like a third, a third, a third, a third of it its portfolio is retail, a retail shopping mm -hmm. center, suburban shopping centers, and then a third is of sort of offices and things, and then a third is residential property development. Um, and so the retail, you know, has a reopening thematic. It's coming back. It, it will be okay. Um, and the offices, it's 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 doing better. You know, next twelve months, um, and then it's a property. It's the residential property development is doing really well. Mm. Um, it's been doing well for some time. Yeah. So that's a bit where you know market will become a little bit challenged going forward because you know at this point of the cycle where interest rate you know, probably later this year was potentially going up or whether we're following the New Zealand path of putting up rates quite quickly. Um, whatever it is, you know, for property developer, um, it just seems to be at the, you know, peak cycle at the, not peak cycle, but, you know, quite a strong mm -hmm. cycle at this point. Yeah. Um, it's more of a neutral for me, you know, gives a good dividend yield, um, but it's, um, it's, it's, I think next 12 months, there's, you know, you can make more money out of something else. Yep. So they're able to increase their prices, which we saw in the results. So that's offsetting some of the cost pressures that are coming yep. through mm. because Stockland always seems to me, like many Australian property companies, it really is juggling a lot of balls mm. at once. Yeah. 
So I really like Stockland because of that diversification. Mm. So if you've got something like a, um, a charter hall um, uh, REIT that's just doing offices or mm. DEXIS, that kind of thing, stay away from those because I still think that there's a lot to go uh, on that sort of uh, residential, uh, sorry, on that office side of well, things. Well, you've seen, you yeah, know, uh, you're back in the city today, yeah. but a lot of these buildings are still, not full. It's still empty. Mm. So I think that that's struggling. I really like the Goodman Groups of the world, which has just got the industrial parks. Okay, that's my favourite exposure in Is that, that narrative getting a bit old though? I mean, it's done so well. Yeah, no, okay. no. I think absolutely you're going to have more and more of these larger companies coming into Australia mm. uh, that need large space to basically put their warehouses in there and online's not slowing down it's going to continue and I still think yeah Goodman Group is, is, is a fantastic while I think there's headwinds to persist within Stockland I'm going to go ahead and say it's a buy I think the valuation looks really really attractive and it's just sort of that guidance is at the sort of the top end of the range which I'm really comfortable with but I do like that resi side I do like the um, the retirement side I think you know there's going to be a lot more of that going through even though they're didn't they selling. offload there? They, yeah. they, they saw some of it. They didn't some, sell all of it. Yeah, yeah they didn't sell all some, of it. So, so, so that gets a bit of revaluation because they sold that book yeah. value. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the issue with any uh, uh, property trust is, is that is your property worth what you're saying book value? So mm -hmm. mark to market. And these guys are obviously doing that mm. quite well. So I think it's a great one. Pays a great little dividend. Uh, really, really comfortable with it. It's good for clients that are like sort of a steady as she goes kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and I usually mix that up with uh, a VAP, which is the, the ETF property, if I've just got one, or I'd split it into Stockland and Goodman Group would be my yeah. two that mm -hmm. I'd pick in that space. I so, think yeah. Goodman Group, absolutely, and especially yeah. for the underperformance. I think January was down almost like um, 17, 18% yeah. in January. Yeah. Um, it's improved a little bit, but it reported a really strong number, yeah. and then it upgraded guidance again, you know, so it's incredible momentum. Yeah, and I. <laughs> I'm just going by memory, so I'll probably wrong. But I remember that the I had thought that the share price reaction would be overwhelmingly positive to Goodman, and I think it was just on the day. You know, mm. it wasn't sort of a, a really I think impressive yeah. share price reaction. Yeah, look, I think it's it just got caught in that week of people repricing yeah. the long bond yield, right? So people worry about inflation, worry mm. about high interest rate, yeah. and then so all these um, growth stock yeah. companies that deliver growth are all mm. being sold off. But you know, soon I think you know we got bond yield moves a little bit because of the uncertainty but you know we pretty much priced in most of the interest rate that's going to go up in the yep. next mm -hmm. 18 months if anything they might get pushed out if there's any you know slugginess you know all of that so i actually think you know these companies will start to outperform very very soon just simply how much they underperform the cyclicals mm -hmm. yeah um, it's, a, it's a fantastic business woman mm -hmm. and and will continue to be a fantastic business mm -hmm. and um yeah you can't go wrong and an exciting time to be in the market it <laughs> seems like lots of opportunities being thrown up Let's go one more. Uh, this is for Eamon. Eamon, nice of you to send this in. This is Worley, W-O-R. Jumei, are you impressed with the company's move into more um, sustainable areas of the market? I know that some are. Oh, I like the word. I like the, you know, renewable. Um, that sounds good. And a lot of time it's enough nice for headline. a lot of investors. <laughs> so that's right. Uh, it, it's quite funny, um, you know, when you when people start grouping, um, because these these days it's renew, uh, sort of ESG is so important that yep. group, uh, investors actually group those companies. So Wally are actually now being grouped into the ESG or clean and all of that because of the term. Yep. Um, and uh, But for me, it's it's very early stage and, you know, it requires a lot of leap of faith of where, what, you know, whether they could do it. Um, they made big acquisitions in the past, not in this area, but yeah. you know they haven't really delivered to the expectations. So you know I think it's a leap of faith to think they could um, you know 
the, what they could do with the renewable side. Um, ultimately, this business at this point of the cycle will be leveraged to, it's, it's volatile, but will be leveraged to oil prices um, because still quite a big part of the business is mining services for mm -hmm. oil, in oil and gas industry. Yep. So, you know, with the oil price over $100, um, you certainly feel, you know, this business will do, will start to do better soon. Um, in the next six to 12 months, earning will look better. Not so much renewable. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ironic that uh, yeah. we're constantly talking about Worley in that context because it has committed to spending $100 billion over, I think it's three years yep. to improve mm. its capacity to service that sustainable, renewable area of the market. But um, it says that it'll be about 75% of the business uh, within five years, only 32% right now. So ambitious targets. Yeah, but like it's forward facing and you, I mean oil and gas is a great business and 85% of the world's uh, energy needs are still done by fossil fuels so mm. like it's in the right space and but it's been a really perennial sort of underperformer disappointer you know constantly just sort of doing well and look the net pat was 115 a little bit above consensus at 110 so look I think cash flow was a little bit lower as well but there was growth and um, they were able to sort of generate that, but yeah, they are definitely hanging their hat on getting that sort of uh, transition. The world has to spend some ridiculous amount of money to get to where they want to be in 2025, 2050 and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. So they are in the right space. It's just going to be a leap of faith, I think. Now also Simic getting the mm. hot teeth, yeah. mopping up the last bits of that. Mm. It's a little bit of a long bow I'm about to draw here, but you know, there's not that many sort of engineer or um, con construction businesses left in the market. So I think it will start to see a little bit more money flowing into Wally. One, because it has that ASG. Two, it's in a nice space being oil and gas. But then, uh, yeah, it, it's sort of the last one standing in, in, in that space. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to stay with a buy on this one. I, I really do like it. And I like that forward-facing um, ESG side of things. It was not a buy for you. It's a hold for it's me. It's a hold. <laughs> not yet. Okay. Yeah. I think, like you said, so this uh, this is a just tough business. The reason they've been, you know, disappointing for years and years because it's a tough business of managing people to go out to the rig and you know to service those um, those rigs and, and things. Own yeah, that's a your contract and fixed, fixed. price contract. Yeah. And then you know when things go wrong, things always go wrong. And then you know you got to control. So it's actually a really tough business. And yeah. but no, once in a while they do well. Um, and uh, hopefully next twelve months, I think for the core business. Should be better because given pricing is doing better and things mm. um, and that renewable you know they have to have that in their business description um, otherwise you know it will be sort of thrown into that fossil fuel group yeah. the way investors just won't really but in the meantime them. we're expecting to see some further investment in oil and gas to take advantage mm. of these prices at this time. absolutely well that brings me maybe to a general question so in this environment we've ha heard from a lot of the big oil and gas producers yep. in Australia is that an area of the market that you're invested in, would like to be invested in, or potentially take a bit of profit from considering where prices are now? Um, okay, um, so if you look at the oil price, you certainly feel it has done quite a lot of work and it's just not sustainable at this price because if it does, it will be a huge tax to the consumer globally. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not likely to sustain. Um, but for the oil equities, different. Oil, um, you know, things like Santos and, you know, these businesses, share price actually hasn't rallied as much as the oil prices. Woodside's done well. Yeah, Santos Woodside, uh, Wood, is just doing that's nothing. Right, and that's I right, can't Woodside work has out done why. so well. So it's almost becoming like a pear trade, right? Because Woodside's yeah. done so well yeah. and Santos not happening. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, 
know, for, for that particular one, I think there's a lot more room to go because the earnings will be an upgrade cycle. Mm. You always want to buy a company where earnings gets upgraded. Mm. So I think both of these companies uh, in terms of share price will do well, but it's just Wuta has outperformed Santos despite the big margin, something like 10%. So Santos has traditionally been the one that is the most leveraged to the oil price. Mm. But they merged with Oil, Oil Search. Search yeah. and I think there's a little bit of digestion going on with the assets in Alaska and Papua New Guinea. Now, Santos is very used to Papua New Guinea. They're comfortable there. Mm. I think that Alaska side of things. So, yeah, I'm just perplexed why Woodside's mm. rallied so hard Actually, and Santos hasn't. That confused me as well because uh, the BHP um, Woodside stake will come out soon. Correct. So, a lot of people were playing short Woodside Correct. and long BHP or long, you mm -hmm. know, the other oil. Yeah. So, I, it really surprised me why it rallied because yeah. BHP is going to, you know, or give it, you know, in species distribution Seven back to the Seven to one, I think, is the it, ratio. Uh, yeah, so they will give it back. And yeah. the shit, a lot of their um, investors don't want to hold the oil. Correct. That's the whole point of why they're splitting it so out. I'd be shorting, so they're going to sell it. I'd be shorting Woodside June 30. Absolutely. You'd be doing it now and then buy the Centos. Well, maybe, maybe. Um, but I do, I absolutely agree with you that BHP shareholders are going to get uh, a Woodside shares and they're going to go, not interested in this um, and, and sell, sell it. it. And then you're going to get this massive wave, June 30, you're going to get this wave of selling, like you saw with Sol Pats and Milton Corp, right? Mm. You know, they took it over. Milton shareholders like, we don't want this. Mm -hmm. and, and you've seen the share price just get absolutely built. And I think that's, that's exactly Where what's going to happen. Hey? Where was that? Where or when? When, when? Uh, Seoul uh, took over Milton um, last year in November. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, right. and, and so they yeah, merged oh, and then right, yeah, okay. the share price is, is, is you, you'll have a look at it, but yeah. share price has fallen because Milton shareholders don't want mm -hmm. uh, telco yeah, and so gas and it, yeah. coal and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So I think that's exactly what's going to happen with Woodside. Plus also most people will have Woodside in their portfolio. So then mm. now they're going to become overweight Woodside mm. in that sector. So you're going to see natural trimming of portfolios to bring it back to that 5% weighting in that oil and gas space. So I think Woodside's a short closer to June 30. Short now and buy centos. Yeah, now short by now by Santos. Well, you heard it here first. We've got our own little investment committee happening here <laughs> on this Friday. I am loving it. Let me just summarize what we have learned over the past half hour in terms of the companies you're interested in. Uh, thank goodness I had these guys here for PEXA. Not a, my finest moment. It's a buy from both of our guests, given particularly the opportunity that it um, really presents in the UK. Pilbara Minerals, both really questioning why the CEO is stepping down now. So cockroaches were discussed. Uh, at the end of the day, it was a wait from Adam. He prefers IGO. Uh, so does June Bay, incidentally. But it's a specky buy for her because um, yeah, it's it's um, in the sort of right space. It's, she's just a bit concerned about some of the production downgrades that they've had so far. Jumbo Interactive. It's too expensive for June Bay. She prefers Tab. It's okay for Adam. It's a hold for him. Stockland. Uh, look. Adam really likes it. It's a buy. It's diversified. Really does prefer Goodman Group, as does June Bay. She's pretty neutral. On Stockland says perhaps it's a bit of a peak of the cycle, and it is diversified, but still not a buy for her. Uh, Worley is a buy for Adam. He likes the ESG lens. He knows what's coming down the traps, and oil and gas yep. doing really well right now. Anyways, it's a hold though for June Bay. It's very early stages in terms of sustainability, the market that it will serve. Uh, oil and gas will go well over the next few months, but 
uh, look, it's a tough business to be in. And then we were just discussing Woodside and BHP. You'll have to go back and listen to it if you'd like to hear it again. Um, guys, thank you so much. It's so nice to see you both Absolutely. in studio. Yeah. That's very yeah. fun. <laughs> Jim Bailu from Tribeca Investment Partners, Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, if there's any companies we didn't cover today you would like us to, you can email or you can tweet us and you can check out that portfolio at osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.